This is the local this music is revolution. The local this music is revolution. The local music revolution. Local music revolution. Local music Hello and welcome to the Local Music Revolution. I will be your host, Ogre. How are you doing? On today's episode, we have Nick from Eternity Artist Management, which is something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time, and I'm super, super excited and proud to be able to bring you this interview because it is very, very awesome. One of the coolest things about this podcast is the fact that I'm not a musician looking for management or anything like that. Um, More so, I'm wanting to talk to the management company about what they do and what they can offer a musician and what they look for in a musician. Most of these questions and most of these things that I do talk to these companies about are things that I've always wanted to know because I've never been on that side of music. Um, To be completely honest, I've never even, you know, this is the first time I've been on the whole podcasting kind of media side of music. And it's a minefield. I'm not going to lie. It's crazy. So the great thing about this interview and about what I want to do moving forward is I want to have resources for these musicians and these companies to find these musicians. And the great thing is Nick is actually the first step in trying to create this um, system or affiliation or whatever you want to call it. Um, So the bands can actually find these companies that are really more geared towards making sure that the bands are taken care of and the bands prosper. Um, rather than say, hey, here's an advance, you have to pay back triple what this advance is so that we can be even. This is also why I have the sponsors that I do and that I work with the people I do uh, because, you know, it's a great relationship to have with these people. So uh, moving forward, anytime I do have companies, it will be geared more towards any musician that wants to have these questions and know what they're getting themselves into. Uh, before they actually try to find a management company or a record label or something along those lines. If you want to contact me and give me some information about maybe a company that you know of uh, that fits this bill, or uh, if you just want to give general feedback, all you have to do is go to facebook.com slash the local music revolution on Twitter at TLMR podcast on Instagram at the local music revolution on Tumblr at tumblr.com slash the local music revolution. And of course, lastly, the almighty WordPress, the local music revolution.wordpress.com. There you will be able to do contact forms and anything like that. Uh, get in touch with me. Let me know what you think about the show. If you're looking for places to hear the show, this is where awesomeness comes into play. We are on any podcast catcher that you can pretty much think of if we're not on it you need to tell me so i can get on it um we're on itunes and stitcher predominantly and youtube i'm still updating youtube as i as much as i can when i can 
And lastly, we are now in partnership with a Fresno-based podcast called Longbox FM. And uh, yeah, Chris Doughty of the Dirty Doughty Podcast uh, contacted me, asked me, if, uh, told me his idea, asked if I would be interested. I am super interested. So it's kind of like a network for all of these Valley uh, podcasts. So all of the podcasts that you see on uh, longbox.fm are actually in the Central Valley of California. Uh, we're dotted around here uh, pretty good. And Chris actually made it a point of trying to have people from every part of uh, the Central Valley to represent his idea which was pretty awesome so uh moving forward as soon as we are able to the graphics will go up and we are now affiliated with longbox.fm um you can go to longbox.fm and check out the uh the network and uh let chris dowdy know that it was a great choice picking the local music revolution as part of his network with that, the new network uh, being announced and everything like that, we do have to kick back and make sure that our oldest supporters are taken care of. So, Stringjoy.com, you know the drill. Stringjoy.com is a string company for guitarists, bassists, and if you play acoustic guitar, they have that as well. They specialize in custom sets of strings, which is awesome because every single one of the guitarists I've ever met, including myself, has an idea of what they want their guitar to sound like. Sometimes we fall short. Sometimes we need somebody's help, and that is where Stringjoy comes in. All you have to do is go to Stringjoy.com contact them let them know what your idea is see what they can do to help you out because they will do what they can to help you out and you can test the strings and you can go back to them and say you know this string was a little too high or something like that you can collaborate until the sound in your head is the sound coming out of your amp and that is what's great about string joy so when you're ready go contact them Order a set of strings, and when you get to the checkout, all you have to do is put in the promo code LOCAL. That's L-O-C-A-L, and you will get a discount for being a listener of the Local Music Revolution. And now, nothing more to say at current time, at least. Um, what you've all been waiting for. This is Nick from Eternity Artist Management talking about his company, how he finds the bands, and what you need to do to be managed by this man. So... Here it is. All right, I'm here with Nick from Eternity Artist Management. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing very good. Thank you very much for asking. So you're an artist management company based out of Florida. So how did you come up with the idea? Uh, take me back and tell me how this whole thing started. All right, well, I, I started the company uh, unofficially. I started it in late 2014, and I, I can't name any of the bands off the top of my head, but I remember I was seeing a lot of bands, a lot of smaller bands break up, just like one after the other. Not even smaller bands, but a few of the bigger ones, too, were thrown in the towel. And I remember thinking, like, man, these, these guys were so talented. Like, I wonder if things had been different if maybe they had made better decisions, like if they'd have had... Um, somebody with more experience because like I look back on my own first band for example and I remember 
we made a lot of mistakes. And if we'd had somebody there who had already been down the road to kind of steer us clear, I think we could have done a lot better. And um, so I'd, I looked at all these bands breaking up, and I was like, man, it's, it's such a shame to see all this talent go to waste over stupid little mistakes that could be so easily avoided. And uh, so I, I made a post about it on Facebook. Like, you know, I've kind of been thinking about doing band management lately, but I don't know if I'd be any good at it. And uh, Ethan, who you've interviewed before, was actually the first one to respond. And he was like, I'd, I'd be willing to be your guinea pig. I'd love to test it out. Uh, so I started managing Ethan. And then nice. uh, a couple months later, uh, Arakara uh, were friends of mine, and they asked me to be their manager. And from there, I, I kind of started realizing that I was doing a pretty good job of it. So I started taking it more seriously. And in summer of 2015, Chris jumped in. Uh, like I, I moved in with Chris and we were roommates and he found out what I was doing. And he was very passionate about music as well. He'd actually been doing booking since he was in high school. And he he wanted to jump in. And when he jumped in, we registered the company and like really cracked down and just kind of things have been going from there. So at the point that you actually registered the company, uh, was there a tipping point where you were like, this this is it, this is exactly what I'm doing, I'm going to put everything I have into this? Or was that a gradual step from where you were coming from? I think registering the company was definitely a big step because at that point it was like, okay, now we have to pay taxes, now we have to, like, if the the IRS will usually give a small company five years of losses, and then after five years, if you're not reporting a profit, that's when they kind of crack down on you. Like, okay, are you really serious about this, or are you just doing this for fun? Because at this point, you're costing the government money, and uh, so that that was kind of the moment where we had to have that discussion. Like, how serious are we about this? Because once we register, we're on a time limit. But um, for me personally, I think the moment it really sunk in was. Uh, Actually, earlier this month when I was on tour with Arakara, uh, we passed through Virginia, which my oldest brother lives in Virginia, and I haven't seen him in many, many years. And uh, so while we were in Virginia, we, we stopped, and I, I had a chance to have lunch with my brother and just catching up, talking about what we're doing. And I told him about Eternity, and he's like, oh, how's that going? And when I told him all the different labels and different bands we work with and everything we do, this look kind of came over his face like, oh, wow, like you're serious. This isn't just a hobby. This is something you're you're going places with. And I think for me personally, that was the moment when it really sunk in like, wow, I'm I'm actually doing something. I'm making a difference. And Nice, man. Nice. So um, before <laughs> before the interview, you were talking about the fact that you had narrowed your scope and you're focusing on a specific array of genres um can you talk about what led to this decision and what you are uh what it's going to lead to in the future sure uh when we started eternity um obviously i started with ethan and he's a for listeners who don't know he's a edm artist drum and bass and when we first started he was actually dubstep so uh, when we started, we kind of had this mentality of let's not discriminate. Let's kind of break the stereotype of only listening to one genre of music. Let's just sign whatever we enjoy, whatever we think has potential. And um, I, I definitely enjoyed that because Chris and I both listen to a wide variety of music. But 
lately, as we've been getting more and more serious about eternity and as our bands are moving up and we want to be able to help them more and more, uh, I've been reading a lot about marketing and doing a lot of research. And one of the, the reoccurring themes in marketing is to find your niche, find what you're good at and what you stand at, like what makes you stand out. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about that and I realized, you know, what we're best at is the rock genres, uh, you know, heavy metal and hard rock and pop punk and even like indie, like upbeat, energetic indie stuff. And, uh, you know, like Arakara, for example, we've probably done a lot more for Arakara than we have for like Ethan or Hirais, uh, despite our best efforts. You know, we obviously we give all of our artists a hundred percent. And so that kind of made me think like maybe we should refine our focus to what our niche is, what we're best at, you know, even though we might enjoy listening to a wide variety of music that may not necessarily be what we're best at. So I think it would be best to cut down and focus on uh, artists that we can help in, in an extraordinary fashion rather than, uh, you know, just, let me rephrase that. I'd, I'd rather focus on helping a few artists really, really well than helping a lot of artists. Okay. Okay. Uh... So, that's that's kind of what led and i i ran it past uh chris and liz who is our other manager who joined the team recently and uh everybody was like yeah that sounds like a good idea it's a good logic um so we went ahead and talked to all of our artists who did not fit that new description and we were like hey uh when your contract runs up we're not going to renew it because we're going in this direction um if you guys want you're welcome to leave your contract now since you know that it's it's coming to an end or if you want you can stay on board and we'll still give you a hundred percent and so far every single artist has decided to stay on board and um but once their contracts are up we we won't be renewing and uh we'll just keep focusing on the the rock genres awesome man so um right now is there a rock band or one of the bands on your bill that you're just super excited about? Um, it might be uh, Arakara that you were talking about, or is there another one that's just uh, super, super got you really excited? <laughs> uh, for me personally, I'm most excited about Arakara because uh, as far as the bands that I personally manage, they are the most active. Uh, we just went on our first tour earlier this month, and it went, honestly, it went better than any of us were expecting, and it was a lot of fun, and the guys are super excited to go out on tour again, and um, they've got a new album coming out next month, so they're just, they're, uh, my my brother has described them as the poster child for our company, because they're, they're doing really well, and uh, they're really good at what they do. Um, I know Chris has, uh, Joel Tyler is an acoustic indie artist who gets a good reception everywhere he goes. And he's got, I believe, an EP coming out later this, this summer. And um, I mean, I'm really excited about all of our artists because, you know, obviously we sign artists that we enjoy. So it's, it's always a band that we enjoy. We like listening to them. We think they have a lot of potential, but it's, Obviously, it's easier to get excited about the ones who are making the most progress. Yeah. So it's really cool, especially when, like, for example, Chris sent me a text at one of Joel's shows, and he was like, "Joel just got a standing ovation." Oh, and wow. you know, to to yeah, and to get stuff like that, and to to find out, you know, or Arakara, you know, we sold twenty shirts tonight, and it's just like, holy cow, like this is so cool, and you know, it, it gets you really excited. So. <laughs> 
Awesome, man. Well, right now we're going to take a break. We're going to play that artist, and uh, we'll get back in just a second. Okay.
All right, we're back here from with Nick. So, Nick, when you're looking for an artist, um, granted, you just explained that you're looking for someone that you enjoy and that, that you can actually push, um, but are there any other factors that you're looking for in an artist? Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, artists usually come to us. Uh, we generally don't send out emails, you know, hey, we like your music, we want to sign you. Um, number one, we don't really do that because there's just, there's a lot of people that usually come to us, so we don't really need to. Um, number two, it's just, we find it's a lot easier that way. Uh, bands get solicited with so much stuff that, uh, especially for a company as small as us, it's, it's a lot easier just to work with people who have already researched us and decided that they want to be part of us than for us to try and sell us on somebody and win somebody over. But, uh, so usually what will happen is a band will email us and they'll say, you know, hey, we're interested and uh, here's a link, here's some of our songs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the first thing we look for is, like I said earlier, we look for bands that we like. Um, well, now well, now that we're narrowing down, the first thing we look for is are they in our market? But uh, after that, we look for, you know, <laughs> bands that we like, bands that – and that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to have like a, a professional quality song. That certainly helps, but um, – if it's just a, a decent song that we can listen to it and we can, you know, make out the music, then uh, we, we look for bands that we enjoy because it's always easier to push a product that you believe in. So we want to find bands that we enjoy listening to, that we can see ourselves listening to in the car or, you know, telling our friends about or going to their shows. Um, the second thing we look for is dedication. Uh, is the band... Are, are they taking it seriously? And, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of, um, can't think of the word I'm looking for, but there's, there's a lot of balance involved in music. You know, yeah. like the, the example I always use is we're not looking for people that are going to sell their house to buy a tour van, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, are they, are they doing weekly practices? Are they playing shows? Are they, uh, saving up money to record their next album? You know, like what, what are they doing to push forward? Or is this just kind of a hobby that, you know, yeah, we, we jam shows here and there, but like we had one person email us who uh, said he was looking for management. And so I, I straight up point blank, well, how dedicated are you? And he's like, well, I think I'd be more dedicated with a team behind me. And it's like, no, that's our job is not to motivate you. So we look for people that are taking it seriously. Um, and then we look for, from there, there's a lot of other things we look for that are less important. Uh, they're not necessarily important in terms of, are we interested in signing you, but more in terms of like, what are we getting ourselves into? Um, <laughs> you know, how, yeah, well, you know, how long have you been a band? Um, how, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Like, um, how many shows have you played? How often do you practice? What is the quality of your recordings? Uh, how much of a following do you already have? You know, um, Accidental Hero is a really good example. When when they first came to us, they already had a professional quality EP. Uh, they already had a pretty decent following. They could sell merch really well. So we already liked their music. We already saw that they were serious. And on top of it, they were already off to a good start. So wow. that always makes our job a lot easier. Nice. All right. So, so once you've decided that you want a band... They've come to you, you've gone through this process, 
you decided that you want you want to sign them. Um, what is that process like? Um, signing? Do you guys negotiate? Uh, what What is that process like? So, usually, uh, okay. So they've hit us up and they've said, "Hey, we're interested." And usually, what we'll do is we'll write them back and say, "Hey, you know, we checked it out. We really liked it." Uh, we'd, we'd like to talk to you guys. So we try to schedule, if we can't meet them in person, like if they're not local, we'll try to schedule a Skype interview. So at least they can put a face to a name and see who they're talking to and, you know, just kind of adds to that level of trust. Um, and then once we get a chance to sit down and talk to them, either in person or in Skype, we'll talk about, um, you know, who we are and what we do. Uh, a lot of bands, especially the younger bands, don't really know the difference between a label and a manager. So we like to talk about, you know, we're not a label, we're a management. Um, we always stress the fact that we're not promising anything because the fact of the matter is the music industry really is, a lot of it is luck. And it certainly helps to do certain things. You know, it certainly helps to have good recordings and be strategic with the shows you play and tour a lot. But at the end of the day, there's really no promise that if you do X, Y, Z, you'll be successful. Um, a lot of it really is just luck. So um, we make sure that they realize, like, we're not promising you a record contract. We're not promising you sold-out tours with your favorite band. Like, um, But what we will do is, you know, we'll help you with booking. We'll help you with um, finding good producers. We'll help you with promotion and marketing. And uh, we'll just help you make good decisions that are going to further your career and get the most bang for your buck, so to speak. Um, and then after that meeting, if they're still interested and they're like, yeah, we, we still want to move forward. Um, we do have a standard contract that we send everybody okay. and we tell them it's, it's negotiable. So if there's anything you have questions on, feel free to ask if there's anything you want added or removed, uh, let us know and we can, uh, talk about it. Um, Again, trust is a really big thing for me. So I, I always tell them you're free to take it to a lawyer, take it to anybody you want, uh, have somebody else look over it. Doesn't bother me one bit. Uh, the thing I tell every single band when we talk to them is the last thing I want is for a band to feel like they just wasted a year. I don't want a band to, at the end of the year when the contract's up, be like, man, we got totally screwed. That was not worth our time. I wish we'd have never done it. Even if they decide not to renew with us, I want them to walk away and feel like that was a good experience. Like, I'm glad we did that. Even if we're not going to continue that relationship, I don't feel like we just wasted a year. So, yeah. All right. So, so what is in your standard contract? Are there clauses um, specific to certain things you offer, or is there um, like an exit clause that they're able to take advantage of? There's um, I mean, there's a lot in there. It's it's an actual it's it's an eight page contract. Oh wow. And. Uh, Oh, that's that's nothing. I have uh, <laughs> several friends that are signed to labels, and I know uh, one of my favorite bands. Their first label contract was like eighty pages. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there's a uh, um, we. Uh, sorry, I thought someone was ringing the doorbell. Um, we uh, we have an eight page contract, and it covers what our obligations are it covers what we are legally able to do um so like for example the music that we're using on this podcast legally we are authorized to go ahead and send music to you without asking the artist we usually do anyways because i i like to make sure we have a good relationship with our artists and they know what we're doing with their stuff but um 
if we wanted to, we could just send the music without asking them because it's in the contract. But oh, wow. like, I, like I said, we never do. We, we like to let them know what we're doing and, you know, make sure everybody's on board with everything. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's all just, that's kind of standard stuff. You know, it's all, uh, basically just saying that we can use their music to, to help promote them. We can use their image, their likeness to promote them, to get them out there. Um, we're allowed to book on their behalf. We're allowed to collect money from the promoters on their behalf. Um, stuff like that. And it's still their music though. Obviously like we don't take their music. Um, it's not copyrighted to us in any way, shape or form. Um, we have no creative control. That's one of the big things. Like we'll never tell you, okay, you signed on as a pop punk band. So you've got to keep making pop punk albums. If they signed on as a pop punk band and they decide they want to start doing heavy, you know, hard rock, that's, that's their prerogative. They can do that. Um, one of, the, one of the big things that I like to harp on at our level is we do a percentage. Um, usually our, our starting offer is 20%, and we do that for a number of reasons. Uh, number one, it motivates us to work harder because obviously the more money you're making, the bigger our percentage. Um, number two, I think it's a lot more fair to the bands like Arakara, for example. Uh, their singer is a scare actor for Halloween Horror Nights. Nice. So the entire month of October, not a single show was played because he was busy with Halloween Horror Nights. And I, I like the percentage system because with most most managers at our level charge a flat fee, like 50 bucks, 100 bucks, something like that. Yeah. So in their shoes, they would have lost money in October because they would have had to pay anyway. But since we do a percentage, 20% of zero is zero. So it didn't cost them anything to not play shows. Wow. Um, yeah, and uh, there is there is an exit clause. Generally speaking, um, we've had a few. It doesn't happen often, but we've had a couple bands uh, decide that they didn't want to continue the contract for whatever reason. And um, more often than not, that's that's usually okay with us. Um, not not to sound cold and callous, but there's always bands looking for management. So more often than not, I'd rather just let a band go if they're not interested anymore than to force them to stay into the contract. Um, so that's really never been an issue, but there are definitely, if, if they feel like we're not living up to our end of the bargain, there, there are clauses in there to protect them so they can get out. Uh, there's clauses in there about if the band breaks up and uh, if the band replaces members and such and such. Um, I think my personal favorite is... Uh, at the very end, I added a clause. I call it the Johnny Craig clause, which basically says if you're an unreasonable dick, we can drop you. <laughs> so I, uh, I I added that one because I got sick of watching Johnny Craig continue to get label support after being such a terrible human being. And uh, it's it's worded a lot fancier, but basically it's like if you're just a really terrible human being, we're totally getting rid of you. That is awesome. That is, yeah. That's, that's a good way to cover your favorite. ass, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. It's, so it's probably my favorite. We're talking during the break, and what exactly do you do to develop an artist? It says on your website that you assist them with their image, you assist them with engaging their fans. But what are the steps that you take to develop the artist? For sure. Well, um very like it's very nebulous and i don't know where to start um <laughs> i think 
one thing that was interesting when I when I do a lot of my research on marketing and, and learning about marketing and what it is and how to do it is uh, the question I'm always asking myself is, does this apply to a band, to eternity, or to both? And uh, more often than not, the answer is a band, uh, if not both. And I think a lot of the things that we help with with artist development, with artist development at its, its smallest level, um, it's kind of just getting the bands organized. Like what a lot of bands will do, which works in EDM, but not so much in, in other styles of music is, uh, you know, like for example, just releasing songs without actually releasing like an album. Um, and the reason that really doesn't work so well in rock, for example, is because first week album sales are a huge deal to labels. Yeah. And they're kind of, they're kind of like opening weekend for movies. It's, it's how they tell, you know, who's popular right now, who's not, and bands with the better album sales are going to get the better tours, are going to get the better offers. Um, but so we kind of, uh, at, at the most basic level, we help the bands get organized. Uh, I've seen bands, not on our roster, thank God, but I've seen bands that will play shows and won't even tell people. Uh, I had a friend who was in a band that, messaged me on Facebook just to, to chat and make small talk. And so I was like, what are you up to tonight? And she goes, oh, we're playing a show. And I'm like, oh, I had no idea. Like, you didn't post it on Facebook. You didn't post it on your personal Facebook. You didn't anywhere. It's, it's not even listed on your Reverb Nation. It's nowhere. And so she posted, like, right after I said that, she posted on Facebook, hey, come out and see us at this place tonight. And it's like, nobody's going to come out with five hours. Later. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, we, we make sure that they're uh, keeping especially like their so their show schedule updated um, we make sure that they're they're using social media like as much as I love Arakara that's the one thing I'm constantly harping on them is use Twitter and Instagram more they're great on Facebook but they, they definitely need to use the other two a lot more um, making sure they're they're using those often and properly um, you know hashtags on Facebook aren't super effective so uh, um, as far as like image, for example, you mentioned that um, cohesive image is a really important thing for bands and it can change from album cycle to album cycle, but within the album cycle, it should be fairly consistent. Uh, you know, like one of the things I appreciate, uh, or I appreciate about one of our bands with eyes live before every single show, they're texting each other, you know, Hey, what are we all going to wear tonight? dark colors, blue jeans, uh, black shirts, or, you know, um, I, I was in a band very briefly where we did a photo shoot and we decided, uh, cause there were two vocalists, the vocalists were going to wear white shirts and everybody else was going to wear black shirts. So like just little, little things like that that make you guys look like you're organized and not just, you know, yeah, we're just five dudes that got on stage at random. Um, <laughs> One of my favorite jokes that I learned from the singer of my first band, he used to make a joke that, uh, you know, I'm going to introduce the band. Here's so-and-so on guitar, so-and-so on drums, and I'm just the homeless guy they found out front. <laughs> and uh, it's it's a funny joke, but some bands really do look like that. Like, yeah, you're just like the five people that they found and threw on stage. And uh, so just having a cohesive image, um, having a having a updated website, social media, particularly tour dates. Um, some of the things we do specifically for bands are helping them book good shows. Uh, we have promoters in so many 
uh, states right now. We've got, I want to say, like a dozen states already, um, most of them on the East Coast, but we've moved out to like Arizona and Colorado recently. Um, and even within those states, obviously our promoters know other promoters. So even if we can't book a show, they probably know somebody in that area who can. Um, helping them book shows, helping them book shows that will keep them moving up in the world. Uh, and shows that they're ready for. Like, I, I'll i admit I'm not a fan of pay-to-play shows, you know, minimum pre-sale tickets and stuff like that, but sometimes it's a good opportunity. And uh, um, Arakara, to go back to them, uh, they put off pay-to-play for a very, very long time. But once they started doing pay-to-play, they had built up enough of a fan base that they can actually sell all of their tickets without coming out of pocket. And um, even being strategic they had one show that obviously i'm not going to name but they had a show recently that was a pay-to-play show and they were the first band to play and so i told the promoter i was like i I don't know that's a lot of tickets to sell for an opening slot and because i'd worked with this promoter very often i i was point blank with him i was like look you and i both know the only people that are going to be there are going to be the bands the staff and the people who are already fans like you got to kind of sweeten this deal somehow. And he's like, all right, I'm going to lower the pre-sale. And on top of it, there's another promoter from Tampa who's going to be there. So that'll give you a chance for him to see you guys and him to see how well you do. And he'll start booking you guys. And sure enough, shortly after that show, that promoter hit us up and he's like, Hey, I got an offer in, in Tampa for you guys. So, um, things like that, making sure that our, our bands are playing shows that are actually going to benefit them and help them, uh, move up. So, Nice, nice. So, um, another, I'm sorry. Another thing that um that is on your what we do page on your website is uh funding, which I thought this was a very interesting idea. I haven't heard of it personally. Of course, I I don't work with management very much. So, can you talk about the idea behind funding and and why that is part of your business plan? Sure. Um, excuse me. We, uh, well, like it says on the website, which I, I finally just decided to pull up, um, we try to do things at the lowest possible cost. Like, for example, with um, our bands who play out, like Arakara and Accidental Hero and um, bands like that, we don't really pay for ads or anything like that because they're already getting plenty of promotion by playing shows and being proactive. Um, so, at the end of the day, we, we try to be artist-friendly, but at the same time, we are still a business. We're not a charity. So we try to be good with finances and how we're spending money. But at the same time, um, like it says on the website, you know, sometimes money has to be spent. And uh, like we'll use recording an album, for example. I, I'm capable of recording an album. I have the equipment. I have the ability. Um, I have the knowledge, the software. I've had my own studio before i'm located in austin texas uh that's where i live sometimes the cost that a band would spend to take the time off of work and drive with all their equipment all the way from like orlando let's say all the way to austin it would be a lot cheaper for them just to pay to go to a studio in orlando and generally that's something we would try to encourage the bands to do themselves because otherwise it's just like a label like they would end up end up owing us the money that we kick in but sometimes it's worth it that it's worth it to us to say you know what we're going to pitch in a little bit 
and help you out with this. And we, we don't want to do it too much because then we basically just turn into a label. Here's 10 grand, by the way, you owe it all back to us. <laughs> but, you know, and that's, that's kind of what a label does, which we don't want to do. But at the same time, sometimes it is necessary to get things done quickly and it will cost money. And at which point we don't want to be like, one of my biggest criticisms with labels is we see bands go on tour all the time and get robbed all the time. And just that's it. Like they have to set up a GoFundMe and they make posts about if you guys could buy a shirt, we'd really appreciate it. And every single time that happens, I'm like, where is your label right now? Like you're making them so much money. They're making money off every CD that you sell on tour. Why are they not pitching in for this? You know, and yeah. it's, <laughs> I think it's ridiculous that, that companies would be so half-heartedly invested in their bands that, when the time comes, they're, they're nowhere to be found. Like they, they take money and they take money and they take money, but they never give any back. Like I almost don't want to bring this up because it's almost in bad taste, but the ghost inside, when the ghost inside got in their bus crash and equal vision Records said, Hey, from now on until further notice, every CD you buy, we're going to give a hundred percent of the proceeds to the ghost inside. Everybody was commenting on that status. Like go equal vision. You guys are awesome. And it took everything in me not to comment and be like, there's the trick bands almost die and your labels will pay you. Wow. And it's, it's just, it, it seemed ridiculous to me that a band had to literally almost die before their label would start pitching in money. And I, I, again, like we're not made of money. Uh, we all have full-time day jobs and you know, we, I don't want to go so far as to say we're paying out of pocket for eternity, but we're, we're not exactly a huge name. We don't have a lot of money to go around, but at the same time, I, I feel that it's important for us to be just as invested as our bands are in what we're doing. So um, it's, it's something that we, we do on a case by case basis, but every once in a while there is something that comes along that we decide like, Hey, this is a really good opportunity. We believe in this and we believe in it so much that we're actually willing to go in with you guys to fund it and make it happen. Nice man. Nice. All right, man, so we're going to play another song, and we'll get right back to you in just a moment. Okay. Yeah! 
fucking awesome. All right, I'm back here with Nick from Eternity Artist Development. It's been a great show, man. Thank you very much for being part of it. One last thing before you go is how do people get a hold of you? What is your online presence? Uh, we try to have everything. Uh, we've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, Facebook is Eternity Artist Development. Um, that's the actual address and the, the page name. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are Eternity Management, MGMT. Uh, we've got a website, which is EternityManagement.com. Uh, it's got email addresses, uh, physical addresses. Um, you know, I don't know why anybody would send us physical mail, but we've got a P.O. box if you need it. <laughs> um, yeah, and usually our, our go-to, uh, you can message us on any of those sites. We have an actual social media manager whose whole job is to help with our social media and forward messages accordingly. Or if you want, you can just email us directly at general at eternitymanagement.com. So, awesome. Yeah. And for any bands that are wanting to talk to you about managing them, how do they get a hold of you? How do they initiate that process with you? Uh, we prefer the email because the general at Eternity Management goes to both myself and Chris. So it's it's a lot easier that way because then I know it's going to go to both of our, our inboxes. We're both going to see it. Um, obviously, you, you can get – you mentioned our website um, and – you mentioned there's a lot of information on there. So, so if anybody's got any questions, I guarantee you the website's going to answer 99% of them. Um, if not, if, if there's something you weren't sure of or if you wanted to submit your music, you're more than welcome to. Um, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for being part of the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about your company and what you're doing for artists. It is truly amazing that you are so enamored with the artists and making sure that they're taken care of man you're awesome well thank you so much for having me and thank you for the kind words and thank you as well for doing the podcast and focusing on unsigned music well that's what we do right it's a labor of love <laughs> definitely <laughs> all right man you have a wonderful day thank you again and just remember keep in contact all right man Definitely. And that was Nick from Eternity Artist Management. What did you guys think? Did you enjoy it? I want to know. So contact me on social media. It's at the beginning and end of the show. For now, here is Dirtbag Smitty doing his thing on the Dirtbag Block of Rock. Talking to the band Symbolic. So here he is, the one and only Dirtbag Smitty doing his thing. Welcome back to the Dirtbag Block of Rock. I'm your host, Dirtbag Smitty. Mr. Bobby Fernandez is on the phone right now. Bass player extraordinaire from the band Symbolic, based out of San Diego, California. Bobby, tell everybody hello. Hello. How's everybody doing out there? Oh, we're doing good. How about yourself, my friend? I'm good. It's like a Monday on a Tuesday, you know, after Memorial Day. Go back to work. So, you know, even rock stars work. Unfortunately. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I love your attitude, man. Uh, I've known Bobby Fernandez here for a few years, uh, personally down here in the San Diego scene. And Bobby's always smiling. He's always got a positive attitude. The guy can play a bass like nobody else's business. Uh, thank you, sir. <laughs> you mentioned uh, you guys get ready to go in the studio, man. Tell me about that. What are you looking forward to the most? <laughs> I think when you're finally done. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, I got to say, dude, I'm excited when we play live now. I mean, there's just... 
you know, so much energy, and it's everything's positive. You know, there's and I think the comment I like the most that was given to me lately recently was that everyone said that we see you guys play, you guys generally look like you're having fun. Yeah, and, that's the whole point. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's kind of why we want to do it. You know, and. You know, at the end of the day, it's just about, like, I don't know, I love to see people smile, you know. And you know me, I'm pretty insane anyway. So <laughs> I, just, I just love to see, I love to see that smile back, you know, because even as a kid, you're like, oh, I think he just looked at me, or, wow, oh, you know, he threw me the horns or something, you know. Kind of made your day, you know. Yeah, totally. This is Bobby Fernandez from Symbolic. We're going to be jamming to The Devil Be Me on the Dirtbag Block of Rock.
For more music from the band Symbolic and other Dirtbag endorsed artists, visit Dirtbag.com. For the full interview, subscribe to our YouTube page at Dirtbag Clothing 1996. The Dirtbag Block of Rock is brought to you by Dirtbag Clothing, sponsored by Pair Booking. And that was Dirtbag Smitty talking to the bassist from Symbolic. My goodness, did you hear that track? That track was really, really good, by the way. Uh, I love the Block of Rock because I am surprised every single time it is sent to me. And that's legit. Like, I don't get any notifications, and I am super surprised every single time. Makes for a wonderful, wonderful working relationship and work environment. So, yeah. Dirtbag Block of Rock, people. Check them out. Dirtbag Clothing. That's who you need to be going through. These guys are super awesome. Plus, they know their metal, so I really dig that as well. And this is the end of the episode. I have no more content for this episode, or it will be starting to get really, really weird and crowded. So, I'm going to end it now and let you guys go. Under an hour. I'm slowly trying to make that transition. So, thank you very much to Nick from Eternity artist management you guys are awesome i've been trying to get nick on the show for a while now and things finally lined up and i'm so happy that this was able to happen so thank you very much for your time nick next episode next week will be the dream supreme really interesting conversation i really like the band name though like that just that gets me and we talk about why that band name is the way it is which is really interesting as well so tune in to that next week until next time this is the local music revolution i am ogre you are awesome take care and be good everyone Is the local this music is revolution? The local this music is. revolution. The local music revolution. 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 Local music revolution.